It's happy hour again from Central City, New Orleans at the lovely Casa Borrega on Aretha Castle Hadley Boulevard right at Felicity. I'm Grant Morris. Hi, in the next 60 minutes you're going to meet just four of the many thousands of fascinating people who live in New Orleans and you'll get to hear some live music as well. At the end of the show you might conclude New Orleans is a great city where people love to talk, have fun and enjoy great music but you probably know that already so let's get right on with doing nothing. But enjoying the next 60 minutes of happy hour together, my eclectic bunch of guests sitting around the table at Casa Borrega are, from left to right, Constance Adler is a magazine journalist. Hi, Constance. Hello. Her articles, hello, hello have appeared in Spy Magazine, The Utney Reader, Self, Cable Guide, Gambit, Oxford American, among many others. Constance is the winner of the Louisiana Press Association First Place Award in Feature Writing and is also a blogger and a novelist. Constance's blog site is called Emily Every Day. Her debut novel, My Bayou, New Orleans Through the Eyes of a Lover, was published last year and based closely on her own life, is described as a moving meditation on the collapse of a marriage. Constance's new novel, Magician's Eyes, is a work in progress due out next year. Thanks for taking time off writing to come and hang out with us. Thank you for inviting me. I I just need to uh, tell you that... Clarify one thing already. We've already fucked up. Oh, man. My bayou is not not fictional. It's all true. It's all true. It's It's not a novel. It's truly my life. It's not a novel. Right, correct. It's a memoir. Okay. Yes. Okay, let's just get that straight. Okay, so what th- is the one you're writing a novel or is that... The one a- that I'm writing now is a novel, But yes. my bio about the collapse of your own marriage is yes. all true. And a bunch of other stuff. Juicy. Too. Coming up. Is it a novella or just a novel? It's neither. It's a <laughs> memoir. <laughs> Pay attention. Oh, sorry, I have a Dude, listener. we'll get to you in a minute. It's Sitting across the table from me is Jackson Hill. Hello, Jackson. Jackson is Doing a photographer good. and a videographer who taught photography at NOCA, the New Orleans Center for Creative Arts, for 12 years. And saw the light and now mostly zips around the world from Canada to Thailand, shooting commercials and commercial assignments. Jackson is the author of two books, Signs of New Orleans and Jackson Squared. Okay, that's pretty funny. And the producer and director of two movies. His movie Three Songs from Trailer Hell was featured at the Toronto Independent Film Festival. And his latest project is a film adaptation of Constance Adler's My Bayou. How about which that? Not, which is not a novel. Whoa. Anyway, okay. It's all Things true. are all coming together. All thank, thank you, Graham DePonte, for producing the show and booking these two people who apparently know each other. <laughs> this film will apparently screen later this year at the New Orleans Film Festival, Jackson. Congratulations. No, that's wrong. No, it's going to be at the Big Easy Film Festival. Oh. oh. Up twice <laughs> Man, two intros. it's getting ugly. Heads are going to roll. Should back we start over? Night. No way. <laughs> Todd Day Waits, Pig Pan is the name of our music guest. Today, and the, the uh, front man of the band is Todd Day Wait, no less. That's right. Hello, Todd Day Wait has been touring the United States in his vegetable oil powered airport All shuttle right. bus. Killer. Picking up musicians wherever they can be found. In 2012, he picked up bassist Matt Little Dutchy Dethro, is that how you pronounce it? Yes. And harmonica player Paul Weber, who also goes by the name of Bip, with two P's, right? B I P P. That's correct. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, that's how the current pig pen was born. It also has another couple of guys in it who are here today. Little Honky yep. on the fiddle and Little Dutchy on bass. I mentioned him, right? Yep. Who did I, not mi- who did I miss That's out it. there? That's it. It's the whole band. Okay, we've got that right. I think we've almost got one out of That's three guests person. right. Their self-titled record is available on CD Baby, and you can see them playing around New Orleans, including on the street in the French Quarter, which is where I found them. I'll tell you how this show works. I'm expressing right? I'm forbidden from booking music guests on the show. Mm. In two years, I've not been allowed to book a single music guest on my own. You're the first guys who I've ever been allowed to book. Um, That's great. Music booker Christian Unruh is very, very protective about who gets in and out of the show. So it's all on you guys to not make me look bad. I'll do our best. Yeah, I can do that by myself. Thank you. And Andrew <laughs> Duhon is hey. here as well, our happy yeah. troubadour who wanders the earth. And then when he comes back to New Orleans, sits down here, but just for a couple of drinks and hangs out with us. What are you, right. And is going to play a song today. What are you drinking sure. today? Maker's Mark? That's Maker's. Sure Good is. Man. Yeah. Oh, Mitchell Foreman is not with us today, although he's playing the piano. 
end up sent here. He's off doing a movie gig. I he's believe. never actually here. He's anyway. never here. I know. He's he's always away. Okay, so we've got a lot of things to talk about. Like, should we talk about the collapse of a marriage first of all, or should we start off with the pig pen? Let's start off with the pig pen and and work our way down, to, our way down to hell. Down. Yeah. Okay. So, what sort of a sentence is this? Is this true? You drive around the United States in a vegetable oil powered airport shuttle bus. Yeah, it's an airport shuttle bus from Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, what airport is there in Detroit, Michigan that doesn't need the shuttle bus anymore? Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't get it from there. It's where it's from. I oh. bought it from a guy who got it from there and then converted it. He drove it around for a couple of years. And who was he? Who was that guy? Uh, what is his name? Zach. Zach. <laughs> He's out of San Francisco now, and he runs two cool businesses out of San Francisco Bay Area. The Sustainable Living Roadshow, which is a roadshow now that he built two bigger buses and runs a whole road show that goes all around the country. It's like a circus. It's kind of like a circus, but it's all for sustainable uh, energy. Cool. So he runs, he converts vehicles, does vegetable oil, packs it full of people, and then they go from coast to coast at festivals, events, does marches, political marches, hooked up with the Occupy movement, and really pushes uh, how to do sustainable stuff in energy, like how to like conserve water, or, like reuse stuff, and it's a really, uh, I guess, educational uh, system now. And this is based on vegetable oil. Yeah, the, the vehicles run off. How uh, sustainable is a vegetable oil vehicle that's just supposed to be sustainable? Is vegetable oil like plentiful? Is never yes. Ending? In uh, America, loves fried food, mm. so uh, there's uh, an everlasting supply of vegetable oil. Well, I know that we fry food in vegetable oil, but where does the vegetable oil come from? Before we fry food, yeah. In what it? vegetables is it made from? Uh, well, yes. I was going to say yes, it comes from vegetables. Mostly Thank you. canola. I knew that. Thank you. <laughs> Do I get a point for that, Corn, Andrew? Corn. Soybeans, canola, which is a mustard plant. Is it? Now, how do you know about all this, by the way? Uh, I Bip. went to college. <laughs> you did? So why would you, go, Bip, why would you go to college and then waste your life away playing the harmonica like this on the street uh, in New Orleans? Let me tell you, these are the things I think about every day when I look in the mirror. <laughs> do you yeah, think about I it first thing in the morning no when you wake up yet. or just... Yeah, when the drugs kick yeah, in. and intermittently through the day. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm I'm stumped on that one. You look like a nice young man, intelligent, nice hat, sweater. You Thank look you. like you could be off to play golf. Actually, do you play golf? He does play golf. Uh, I used to play golf. Yeah. Would you have to give that up when you took up the harmonica? He lost of... a finger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I almost believe that. Is it true? No, there oh. was an accident though. It was it wasn't finger related. But... Wrong finger. <laughs> well, what what did you actually lose? You didn't get your penis chopped off in a no. horrible golfing accident, no, did you? Be no. like Spinal Tap. No, I just uh, decided I didn't like golf. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can understand that. Most people don't like golf, do they? It's awful. It's a waste of time. Yeah, it's fun if there's uh, booze involved. I've yep. Found, well, uh, so is everything. Mm. And driving yeah. the carts around is really fun. <laughs> right. right. Well, what, what isn't what, fun? You know, isn't that, improved with the yeah, addition of booze. Really. Yeah. Even well, sitting around here talking, but so there's back, almost sustainable. Yeah, this is helping. Yeah. Spe- speaking of the sustainable thing, there's there's a process to refining the the vegetable oil, right? So oh, do you yeah. do you get it refined or do you refine it yourself? Uh, both. Uh, there's a whole movement around the country that runs off vegetable oil, and it's uh, I'm a big fan of it. A, there's a bunch of vegetable oil people fry food on, and what people now what they use for it now is they use it for dog food after it's fried, mm. and there's a whole system to it. But they collect it and sell it. Uh, veggie users, uh, we get it from restaurants, and a lot of times they just give it to us for free. Mm-hmm. So we'll take that 50 gallons of used vegetable oil, filter it, you put it into a secondary tank on your system, and you get to run 50 miles or 50 gallons of uh, vegetable oil as free fuel. 
So that's the really big thing on it. You can run like thousands of miles and save like half the cost of your gas. All right, this is a stupid question, I suppose, but how big is the gas tank on that van you've got there? Uh, 50 gallons. So you can pour a whole 50-gallon drum of vegetable oil in at one time? Uh, Obviously. Yes. Have you ever spilled it? Yes. Mm. Don't, don't you have to retrofit your engine to take biodiesel, though? Well, I mean, yeah. There's what, a big difference. There's, there's biodiesel and then there's vegetable oil, and those are oh, two okay. different things. Right. The way how it's explained is you either convert your engine to run off something or convert the fuel to run off system, uh, something. The biodiesel is you convert the fuel as a, like, as a uh, chemical process to make sure your diesel can run on it, and you have a lot of modern, modern vehicles do that. But uh, my vehicle runs off raw vegetable oil. You just take it. You filter it, all the all organic material out of it, heat it up. Heat it up. Okay, now we've got right. What does that mean? Well, you got to heat it up through to change the viscosity of your of the fluid because you know vegetable oil is is thicker than actual diesel fuel. You have to heat it up through your radiator line to get to the same temperature. So you got to start up the engine first. You mean? Yeah, so you've you got to warm it up. You run your, like the old days when you had to warm up a car before you run the radio. Your, remember you, that? you run it up. You run it for about fifteen uh, miles or however your system is set up. And then that heats your veg oil, veg oil up. You switch the switch over, and then you're running off fuel. Oh, so you start off on gas. You mean diesel? Yep. On diesel, and then you switch it over. Okay. Yeah. How much did you pay for this thing? Is it expensive to buy one of these? The vehicles? Yeah, the actual well, you, you can, shuttle. You can convert any vehicle you want to to run off vegetable. Oh, I see. My specific vehicle is, a, is the big airport shuttle bus. I bought it, I think, for like five or six thousand dollars. And does it still say airport shuttle bus on it? No, it's uh, psychedelically painted with uh, multi-colored bubble letters and a psychedelic piano, a psychedelic eye, big microphone. It smells like fried fish when you go down the road. <laughs> uh, more like French fries or maybe Chinese food, depending mm-hmm. on where you get the f- uh, fuel from. Okay, so just to end this whole conversation about biodiesel and, <laughs> and fuel, you get the vegetable oil after someone's used it. At a, yeah. You don't have to go buy vegetable oil anymore. Anyway. No, so be, it's totally be, recycled. That'd be... The, that'd be well, you have to pay for it. Isn't it preferable to have it after it's already been cooked with? Isn't that right? Or no? No. It's better to it's have it? It's just better because it's cheaper. Cheaper. As Got in it. free. Now, so you've driven all across America for real on this thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you've ended up in New Orleans because you've been here for a while, by the way. Well, I do a loop from around the country. Basically, the, sh- the short consistent of the loop would be San Diego, New Orleans, Chicago, and a one big loop and everything in between. And you have restaurants that you pop into and get vegetable oil on the way? Yep. Restaurants, different people. There's right. a lot of people like me around the country. They have barrels of it and you can collect it already so the so. photo of you on your website um looks like you have short hair or shorter hair than you have now oh my it might is be this a, your real hair no these are clip-ons uh, it's fake <laughs> no no this is my real hair it is real okay no, and picture, so how long is your hair it's like in two braids if you're not watching this if you're watching this live by the way i believe you can call us in live and talk to us if you listen to us on youtube we're watching this on youtube we won't answer though if you if you're if you're watching this or listening to this um after the event Todd Day Waits hair is like down to your waist practically in two long braids. Sort yeah, of like Willie Nelson stuff. It's very long. It's real long. So when was that photo taken on your website? Oh, it's just How in, long is it taking you to grow that? Oh, it's, it's just tied bun. back. It's in a bun. It's in a bun. Oh, I see. Okay. Mm. Nice. It's beautiful looking hair, isn't it, guys? It's nice, Seriously, yeah. right? Yeah. Constance? Beautiful. Wouldn't you love to Girls have hair like that? I know. Mm. They do, don't totally. they? Totally. I'm bound to run my hands through it, yes. Mm. Go ahead, Jackson. You can't. It's in two braids. <laughs> I'll just pull on them. So if you have small fingers, you can put them in there, maybe. So, Jackson, you, you're in town. Ta- sorry, Constance, go I was ahead. Gonna, do you need help it. washing it? I mean, yes. <laughs> do you go to like one of those doggy places? What? You wash doggy? Or? it in vegetable oil. Yeah. Oh, that would be nice. Sustainable. Yeah. 
Yeah. By, by the way, Constance, if this guy starts to bother you, just let me know. All right, all right. What are you going to do? <laughs> Leave her alone, man. Leave her alone. We're going to take him out of here. We'll take care of him. He's been very well behaved so this far. This guy's a tough guy. So. I just wanted to let you know. Okay. Well, let's just get one thing straight. Are you single, Constance, after the collapse of your marriage and the very public my body? <laughs> Uh, well, all right. <laughs> to begin, the collapse of the marriage in that story, in my in the story of my it's book, not a story. It's true. Well, it's a true story. Okay, it's in the true story, in the memoir. Right. Okay. It's really kind of a flea on a dog that the the collapse of the marriage. It's not mm. the main. It's not the main story. It's not the main story. I've read the book actually. And you thought I read it, was it cover fiction. to cover. <laughs> I can, I thought it was meant to be a novel that was loosely based on your life, so that you could turn around and say, "Well, that bit wasn't really true." But now I've found the opposite is true—that it really is all true. That's even yeah. more interesting. Well, I guess it reads like a novel, right? It's a page turner. You certainly yeah. want to know what happened. Yeah, it feels like fiction. She hmm. hangs herself hmm. out there. Yeah, really it's very revealing, and up. so is yeah. the movie that you made of it, Jackson. I mean, I've learned also. more things about girls than I ever wanted to know <laughs> reading Connie's book. Really? Is that the way you <laughs> found out? strange practices. <laughs> like what? <laughs> no, I'm not going there. You have to read the book. <laughs> See, this is, why, this is why Bip is a college graduate. He knows how to ask a question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is how you learn by asking questions. What did you find out on that book about women yeah. that you didn't know? I'm all for it. I don't know, but what... what I don't know is not an answer. All right, all right. <laughs> What pulled me in was the end of the book when Connie threw her wedding ring and her engagement ring into Bayou St. John, and that mm. just blew me away. Me too. What a waste. I mean, you I go stand on the bridge searching for those rings every time <laughs> I walk across, and I'm thinking, I wonder if she's the only person that ever did that. There might right. be a whole pile a business. of rings down yeah. there. There's a country song that says, give it away. They That's right. Away. Yeah. How's That's that guy? a bad song, but... Yeah. Give it away, meaning George Strait, isn't it? Instead of throwing it in the bayou? They don't throw it away. They don't get thrown away out of car. car you didn't think about selling it on eBay for something? You know, it's so funny because um, I did it without telling anyone what I was planning on doing. And then when I talked to my friends afterward, they all said, are you nuts? You should have sold it. Oh, um, but it just seemed like the, I didn't want to do anything else but that. And it mm. just seemed – and everything just – came together in the right way and, and in the right moment and there was a full moon and there was an eclipse mm. and wow is there an earthquake as well <laughs> somewhere in the world yeah i'm sure probably there was. you might have caused it <laughs> might have. and um it just seemed like the most sort of fully lived poetic gesture mm. that i could make mm. and and i think at the back of my mind i knew it was important to the story you to know make what, that gesture i read an article in the new yorker or something one time about people who jump off the san francisco bay bridge and apparently there's a ledge. There's a film about that. Is actually. there really? Yeah. There's yeah. apparently a ledge, this story was saying, underneath uh-huh. the bridge. Uh-huh. And some, you know, one in ten people or whatever hit this ledge and don't mm. die. They mm. only fall 12 feet or something. Yeah. And every single person who's lived has said the same thing, almost verbatim, that as they jumped at the very moment they pushed themselves off the bridge and were going to their certain death, they realized in some sort of blinding flash that there was nothing in their lives that they couldn't rectify. Hmm. That, they were, that they'd made a huge mistake. I had a friend that was mm. a, a cab driver, and he parked his cab in the middle of the Huey Long Bridge, left his cab license on the seat, and jumped. And he was wearing Air Nikes, and he hit the water, and the Air Nikes cushioned him, and he, next thing you know, a tugboat's over there pulling him out, and he ends up in the psych ward at Ochsner. <laughs> Black and blue all up one side, but mm. he had a second chance. I mean, not many people who jump off that bridge live. Did he say that? That's very high. That'd be though. a great Nike commercial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Did the, Nike, right. did the Nike save his life? 
Is that what probably he th- it probably broke the water, broke his fall? Yeah. So if you jump off, you hit feet first, or was it just lucky? Yeah, hit? I guess he. And, well, he, I mean, I fell to his side in the process because he was black and blue up one side. Mm. Jesus, that but, guy is lucky. Did yeah. he? And is he pleased he lived, or is he pissed off now? Well, you know, I think he's made the same mistakes all over again. But mm. uh, what happened to the cab so license? <laughs> He More lost important. his license. Lost his license. <laughs> yeah. So that's that right. If you try to kill yourself, you're not fit to drive a cab. Yeah, that's, that's Obama for <laughs> you. <Yeah. right>. <laughs> <laughs> I take a lot of cabs. I would say most yeah. of those guys are way, way, way beyond suicide. <laughs> They've come right around. They've gone to homicide. <laughs> really? They've come around the other side. That's pretty interesting. Where is he today, this guy? I've lost track. He's driving a yeah, airport I hope he's bus. listening. <laughs> so, I hope he is. Maybe he's driving call, an airport Michael. shuttle bus with sustainable vegetable oil. <laughs> Hey, um, let's, made a good story. Why don't we take a listen to a song from the pig pen? Sure. And that'll sure. give us all the time to catch up. Play one. Do you want to play something? Yeah, well, that would be an idea, seeing you're all sitting here. Yeah. What do you think? What, do you, gonna, what do you think of playing, you guys? Well, we'll play one of our songs. Uh, it's on our upcoming album. It's, uh, this song is called Goodbye. It's about uh, I travel around the country full time, like the, you said mentioned before, and... Uh, when you do that, you get to meet a lot of people, but only for a short little while. So uh, this song's uh, called Goodbye, and uh, the, the bigger note is uh, I've said goodbye more times than I've said hello, which is actually quite factually impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're rude and just don't say hello, right? Uh, it, that excludes uh, references to the word howdy, which is frequently used for uh. hello. Some loves 
And lost some I found I've been on my knees Begging to the good Lord please You're the only one Lord That can rescue me I sit now my life It seems like one big dream Everything I know it fades to memory. I said now goodbye to everyone I've ever known. I've said goodbye now, no more time. Said hello. Yes, Todd Day waits pig pen. Yes, indeed. Andrew, what do you think? That was great. Very nice indeed. Very nice. It's sort of a uh, sort of a suicide theme, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of yeah. What was in, what inspired you to write that? Just traveling around and saying goodbye to people and not having a relationship with anyone? Uh, yeah, pretty much. You know, you get uh, you know you want to say you know you get to spend a few you know either hours, days, uh, weeks, or months with a few people, and then uh, you end up always saying goodbye to them. And so sometimes you get a chance. When you see them again, because you go around the country, so hopefully the next time you see them, they'll be in the same town, but sometimes they're not. Sometimes they mm. move on, so sometimes you get to have to say goodbye, and you'll never see people again. You have that experience, Andrew, too, because sure. you're yeah. a troubadour traveling around the world. And yeah. What happens when you make really, when you must meet people you make great connections with, and then you have to leave them behind? Yeah. Yeah, I think you you kind of put up a guard for that, right? You got to... Uh you, and and you know what it, it's it's a good and a ba- it's more a bad thing, but it has its perks too because uh, I think you look to suck the marrow from from someone quicker. You know, you try to sit down and have a beer and really figure out somebody else's story. You know, do you ever think you're going to stay somewhere because of somebody that you move because of someone you met? No. <laughs> How old are you? How old do you think I am? Young. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I predict you'll change your mind. You do? Mm-hmm. You think people move around the world for each other? Power of love. That's right. what you're thinking no, of. Think you're still romantic even after I, all oh, this. Oh, I'm incurably romantic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even after throwing away your wedding ring. That was a very romantic gesture, don't you yes. think? Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> liberating. <laughs> yeah. You think it was cool. romantic or oh, petulant? Yeah. yeah. Hmm? Petulant or romantic? No, romantic. Was it? What's mm-hmm. the definition of romantic as a writer? You know, caught up in the poetry of something rather than the, what's pragmatic. The pragmatic thing would have been to sell it. But then mm. you would have bought something with the money from the ring, right. and that thing would always <laughs> be around. Yeah, mm-hmm. you could have bought a gun and killed Good him. Move. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to kill somebody. No, or you could have gone no. out to dinner. What's that bit? You could have gone out to a really nice dinner with the money. With the money, you brought right. a vegetable oil home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you could buy one of our new albums. <laughs> what's the name dollars. of the album? It's a self-titled. Oh, this is it. It's a self-titled album. It's available on CD Baby right now, actually, by the way. That's where I heard it. We're also accepting donations <laughs> because we're not working quite as much as we have been. We're practicing more for our new album. And uh, Little Dutchie, our bass player, is uh, trying to raise money to buy a new upright. How much is an upright bass? We can Ooh. take a collection. Thousands of dollars. Is it $3,500? Yeah. And that's a kind of cheap one. You guys could sell the van. <laughs> You put that uh, upright bass on your back and just ride around on a bicycle. Yeah, exactly. There's there's uh, some fellows in the Bywater who's got a pretty cool bike scooter system with their bass, you know, hanging out the back. Pretty cool. Just a couple wheels, bass, 
Everybody gets a bike. Biking around. That'll certainly keep you in New Orleans. <laughs> yep. Maybe you get as far as Slidell or something if you, you know, had a really good high-paying <laughs> gig out there. Luckily, I like traveling around a lot, and so that kind of makes it uh, – there's a whole uh, existence of people that travel around the country kind of nomadically, and uh, it's a whole cool little culture. It's got to be fun. It's got to be better than staying home all the time. If you like adventure – Wishing you had the TV. I grew up out. watching Western movies with my pops and being an outdoor kid. Where was that? In Missouri is where I'm from, and so I – Always grew up with this whole fantasy of like really liking adventure. The traveling man, the American it, man just, on the road, it man really alone. Like a, it's a thing that I just like. I like mm. kind of the uh, the challenges and the ups and downs of an adventure lifestyle. And like kind of, you know, like yeah, you grew up watching those standard westerns, like a guy on a horse coming to town and like shooting up or saving the day, and then being like classical ladies, like please stay. And he's like, I gotta go for some mysterious reason. Yeah. They, they never the, stay. The Wanderlust. Right. You know, I don't know why they don't stay, but well, then uh, I it's guess there point. wouldn't be there wouldn't be that romantic notion exactly. that we're talking about mm-hmm. of you know un, non-pragmatic. You just mm-hmm. keep going because who knows what lies ahead that way. If yeah. you stay still, pretty much nothing lies ahead. Yeah, just making, more of the crap every same crap every day. Like, start making potatoes like every day. Potatoes. The same coffee. Do you yeah. think? Do you think that we'll be more prone to settle down for love as we get older because we get smarter or because we feel like there's less time left? That's a good question. I think you get <clears throat> smarter about um, how you want to give your time, and and yeah. and you start to expect more. That the fleeting takes things more time. Maybe, or hmm? that a lot of fleeting. things can happen on a front porch that you might not have happen in the front seat of a car. You know, when you got time to right. watch the sun go down. Uh-huh. That's a good song. <laughs> like it? Uh, like what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jackson. That's a good question. Like what? Well, you get get to hear the vegetable man come by, <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Okra. Chance, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. You might not hear that if you're out on the highway. Well, you travel all over the world. It says in sure. this bio here. What are you traveling around the world doing exactly? Uh, it varies. I, I, I shoot a lot of industrial assignments, and I shoot a lot of magazine work. Shoot um, a lot of oil wells, a lot of boats, a lot of helicopters, mm. all over the place. And what does that mean? You have a still camera, you mean, or video? Well, I'm primarily a commercial still photographer, and so 90% of my work is still, but in the past two years, I've started shooting video as well. But most of that, even though I'm doing, doing video commercially, I really am uh, doing the video as a personal, personal projects, things like Connie's right. book. So that's not a career move. You know, you want to be a movie maker. I don't know. I don't, I don't need it to be. I have a career. And, right. uh, I, What's the deal with shooting an oil well? Once you shot one, isn't that? How many more photos do they need? I have shot. They always need more pictures. What do they? What do they want to see in the oil well photo this time? Can you do it a little different this time? It's I don't know more personality. Absolutely, you can. That's what what you're looking for in an oil. They hire a professional. Mm. (laughs) Well, you could get out there with your iPhone and take a photo of a freaking oil well. You could. You could. You'd think, right? They wouldn't pay you for it. No, but I mean, they could do it themselves, Mister Chevron or whoever's paying you. Yeah, but they wouldn't do it. Who do you work for? Who's who wants photos of their oil well? Oh, I mean, I, I shoot for Exxon, I shoot for Chevron. What's your favorite oil well, then? <laughs> Do you uh, have a favorite oil well? Yeah, come on. Well. Is it possible Constance, to have a, yeah. some oil wells well, cuter no, than others? Yeah, well, actually, they're right? Yeah. Otherwise, we just have the one photo. Sometimes the way they <laughs> reflect in the wastewater pond, you know, there's mm-hmm. a... wastewater yeah, pond. Yeah, that, that's still uh, light in, at dawn, when you got mm-hmm. the blue dawn, and you got the, where the wastewater. You, where are you before the sun comes up? Up to that. your knees in muck at the side of the pond. Ooh. Where is this? I thought this was way out in the ocean. Is this somewhere on the Oh, no. Well, I mean, it might be out in East Texas somewhere. 
So these, most of these oil wells are on land that you're shooting? No, I shoot offshore too. So where are you at before dawn at this point? And a boat well, you, I mean, as a photographer, you're always up before dawn. Are you? You're always waiting, waiting until the sun sets. And Can you stay up all night and wait for the sun to come up, or do you have to get well, up Well, whiskey is usually involved, too, right. on huh? road trips. What kind of whiskey do you drink? I'm, I'm pretty much Jack. Just mm. Jack Daniels. Well, that is yeah. hardcore. That's very country and western cowboy style. Jack Daniels, bottle of Jack. Was it more rock and roll? Yeah, usually cowboys drink the most cheapest whiskey because usually you don't have any money. So. <laughs> yeah, and here so, in New Orleans, well and, and you know, if I was on the road, I don't have access to this. But when I'm at home, I can go in the backyard and pick a blood orange yeah. and quarter it yeah. and squeeze in about a quarter of a blood orange and a jigger of whiskey and maybe one or two ice cubes. And that's a drink. Yep. Now we're talking. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the advantage of staying home because you couldn't take a bag of blood oranges with you on the horse, right? Sorry. Or could you? Yes. So, so you're out there <laughs> shooting oil. So all these oil wells have their own personality, and they're all different, apparently. What else are you shooting besides oil wells? Then? Well, like well, I mean, well, uh, well, I mean, it's how we make our living in Louisiana. I mean, you got all the boat crews. I mean, you right. got all the supply vessels. You got seismic guys. You got helicopter pilots. So, you have got you got a specialty? Cooks. Have you got a specialty doing this? I mean, when they want a photo of an oil well, they know to call Jackson Hill. Yes, and my number is. But, you know, no, I, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a big part of my career. I mean, I do a lot of other work, too. I mean, I shoot for a, a, a wide variety of clients. Nike? But I, do, I have shot for Nike, yeah. And, but, it, but it's a commercial photographer shoots an, an enormous range of things. It's just that here, based in Louisiana, there's an awful lot of oil and gas. So how do you get these gigs? you have an agent or people just know you or what happens? Never had an agent, but I, but I, I mean, you, you have to spend a lot of time tooting your own horn. I mean, mm. here I am. Yeah. But actually, yeah. I'm not here to toot my own horn about oil wells, actually. I, I mean, I'm, it's more interested in the movies that I made with Connie. I'm interested in that, too. So you inspired by this last moment where, where, where Connie's on the bridge, on yeah, the bu- yeah. bridge over the bayou, and you're throwing away your wedding and engagement ring together. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it hit the water. And that's, you read, so you read the whole book, Ben Jackson, and you got absolutely. to that moment. Well, is, you that, know, is that how it ends, the book? Yes. Yep. Okay. Well, I had to, you know, I had Even to it's not approach about that, Connie and say, and, and this was done in the, the first place the film showed was in a Time Code NOLA competition, and they, the limit was a five-minute film. So I took Connie's book and sat down and condensed it, and it's like 200-something pages, into a five-minute story and tried to make a story arc that would be true to her book. And... My most shocking moment was when I showed what I'd written to Connie, and it was all her words, but just condensed. She liked it, and I couldn't believe it because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd taken all her work and just taken out, you know, one-tenth of a percent and still had a story. It's a pretty interesting little film. Let's take a listen to a little bit of the movie. You might be able to, if you're watching this on, on YouTube, you're going to be able to see this, but we're just going to take a listen to a little clip from the beginning of it. I'm not quite ready to thank Hurricane Katrina for accelerating the inevitable decline of my marriage. However, I am able to see, finally, this was the ending I had been writing toward all along. I just didn't know it until I got there. There is a muddy trickle of water that runs through my neighborhood where I walk every day. It's called Bayou St. John. Like a spinal cord, the bayou carries the vital fluid that animates the land around it. Everything happens on the bayou. Love, sex, voodoo, marriage, birth, baptism, death, and daring rescues. Then, every so often, something completely startling comes hurtling onto the scene. My own journey started over 15 years ago when I was a journalist in New York. 
One night, I had a surprising dream. In the dream, I took a train from New York to New Orleans. When I arrived, I went for a walk down a quiet street. You know, you might become an interesting writer if you move to New Orleans. Several months after the dream, I had an occasion to see the actual New Orleans for the first time. The music from the bars kept me awake all night. I got out of bed and walked the streets. As Walter Anderson once said, everything I see is new and strange. This place has the power to make time stand still. It forces you to notice right now and gives sharpness to details that would normally escape into the quotidian flow. That's my favorite word. Back in New York, all that hurly-burly that I had loved so much in the past was giving me a headache. I bought a plane ticket to New Orleans. I walked uptown and downtown. Hear the monkeys in the background? In the greenness of everything. The obscene abundance of foliage spilling over fences. Tree roots erupting out of the cracked sidewalks. The life that roiled beneath this city was too strong to be contained by anything so ordinary as concrete. I walked the streets like an innocent fool, waiting for a sign. What a wild kingdom I had chosen as my new home. Everything I had known, everything I had assumed to be true... Okay, so that's your voice narrating your... Yes. ...saying these words mm-hmm. that you wrote in the book, and mm-hmm. you used that... Yeah, we had the voiceover and recorded that at uh, Level 3 Digital Media. Jeffrey Talbot did who's, the mixing. Who's playing that guitar piece in the back? That's Jeff Louvre, and who, he's brilliant. And he, and he, he wrote... He sat in uh, after we edited the film, and he put, applied the music to the film. So it's all original music. So you, so you came here as a result of a dream that you had right. that told you to come to New Orleans, that someone in the dream said you might turn into a good writer if you moved to New Orleans. Right, an, an interesting writer. Right. Interesting. Right, which was the important difference. Mm-hmm. Did the dream take place at <laughs> night or the daytime? It was a dream while I was actually sleeping. So I woke up, wrote down the dream. Yeah, but that good question, <laughs> was the dream, were you in the dream, was it the daytime? Is that what you're saying, Todd? Yes. Was it daytime or nighttime? It was nighttime. In the dream. Mm-hmm. Oh, in the dream, am I walking... In the dream, I'm walking through New Orleans during during the day. I had the dream at night, though. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, dreams play a big part in all this. Um, uh, I'm getting ready to do another film called The Dead Man's Number because about a month ago, a friend of mine that was killed in a car wreck right out of college, he came to me in the dream, and he gave me his phone number. You know, I said, Rex, Rex, you know, I've got to find a way to keep, I've lost track of you. You know, I've got to uh, know how to get in touch with you. So he gave me a number, and when I woke up, I wrote it down. I wrote down the dream, wrote down his number, and so that was the basis for the next film I'm doing. Did you call the number? No, I haven't called the number. Isn't that scary? Mm. Are I'd you be kidding? Afraid no, but, but I, I don't know. in the screenplay that I'm chills. writing, <laughs> they're calling it the, right now. The number yeah. does get called. What's the number? Well, if you want to call, it's 412-333-9696. That's my phone number. <laughs> 412-333-9696. Is that enough numbers for a phone number? Yes, yeah. it is. Let's call it. I think that's San Francisco Exchange. That's no, 415. Four one, oh, okay. What's 412? I don't know. Yeah. Who's calling Venezuela. it? Venezuela. <laughs> Chris, are you calling it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris is too busy. Who's got a phone? Graham, our producer. Graham is calling it. Okay. Mm. Can we get the? Uh, can I don't we know get if this I even want to be in the room when this happens. Let's just see. This is too, he could too open minutes. up a portal is to it a real, another is dimension. Is it a real phone number? Watch is it out. ringing? I, I, I heard the number once. Uh, 
Oh, do I have to call it myself? To, right? yes. Come on, I'll do it right here. <laughs> okay, I'll put it on speakerphone right now. Now, I have to warn you, this is a BlackBerry, so it it's totally sucks. How about if we Google 412 Okay, here we go. I'm going to put it on speaker and see if this works. I cannot believe you never called this number, though. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're calling it. I know. It. <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm scared to death. The number you dialed is not in service. Oh, oh thank God. Yeah, I mean, it's like that. <laughs> That's awful. I guess the guy's dead. In so the film, somebody answers. Yeah. Who answers so, it in the movie? I'm not, it, we're, we're still we're working that out, that. and there we're is a surprise ending. So Are you writing it, Connie? As well? <laughs> well, you know, Jackson just asked me if I would help him with it, so I haven't looked at it yet. Yeah, but I know yeah. how it begins, and I know how it ends, and I need some flesh in the middle. Mm. Hmm. Well, I we can, can help you I here, can do right? That. that sounds like a country These song. Guys, everyone's a writer here. These guys are writers. Man, does that sound Conference like a country song. A writer. <laughs> yeah. He's a flesh in the middle. Flesh in the He's middle. He's a lyricist. Man. <laughs> so what's it like making a movie compared to shooting an oil well? It must be a completely different well, I, mindset. I, well, to begin with, the, one of the things that I'm loving as much as the visuals is the sound. Uh, By the way, we'll get build, back to you in a minute, Constance. Don't worry. I'm, I'm not worried. We'll layer in sound and do Foley effects and... Musical tracks, it just it's, uh, fascinates me. I mean, I've always loved right. music. I've always loved movies. And the and so visuals does, so I can it, everybody, get to really quick. Everybody loves music and movies, though. The difference between someone who loves music and movies and someone who goes and makes them is what makes you interesting, I assume, right? I hope, yeah. It so what is it? Depends on how they work out. What is it that makes you go to want to go and do it? I, I'd always avoided... Uh, doing video during the bulk of my career because it just seemed like I had I had enough of a specialty. I had enough to do as a still photographer. Right. But they stuck high def video into the still cameras a couple of years ago, and so there it was. And I really just took it up to do it personally. I mean, that's that's really right. the reason. And I've you know done a lot of workshops and have have am, am having some success with the films. I think I can tell a story visually. And so, yeah, so, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. So you're not doing it to get anywhere or to... No, I mean, I'm taking some commercial assignments, but it, it, it's, like, it's like going to school. Because, do you have something you know, to say? Is that why you're doing it? I mean, do you, have, you just... I like stories. Yeah. yeah. So you want to tell a yeah, story. Yeah, and I really do. I mean, I like the idea of... I mean, I, what Connie's book was, was tailor-made because there is a true story. It's a memoir. Hmm. And I am working on a, a documentary with the local designer, Tom Verisco. In fact... He's the he's the true author of the books you introduced me on. I, I participated in those books with Tom. Jackson Square sounds like it's Jackson about Jackson Square. Square by you, is it? Well, it's it, there are actually three photographers: Tom Verisco, Will Crocker, and myself. But that brings me to Will Crocker, who's another photographer here here in town, and he was the star of uh, Connie's the movie about Connie's book. And uh, he was a little old for the part, but Will dyed his hair black, and so it worked out <laughs> fine. And he and he. And I, I picked him for the role because I'd seen him do yoga on fishing trips. You know, we'd be down at Grand Isle and be, there'd be a, a, line of, a line of lawn chairs in the surf. And all my friends with their big pot bellies and beer and everybody sitting in the chair with the feet in the water. Now, those are all guys you're talking all, about. All guys. And along hoping. that row, there's Will. And Will's this thin guy. And he's standing on his head looking out <laughs> on the gulf, you know, next to all these fat guys. And yeah. I knew he'd be perfect for the yoga instructor and... Connie's uh, husband. Connie, Connie married the king of Yo the New Orleans That's yoga right. king. I yoga think king. he's described right. the yoga king, right? Yoga king of New Orleans or the New Orleans? The yoga king. Of, we have of to New get. Orleans. We're going to have to get onto this subject right now in, okay. a, in a moment. I'm talking about your marriage and how it fell apart and why you decided to write this book. 
Okay. And we have an interesting clip from the movie about that. But first, I'm going to make Andrew play a song for us. Okay. What Excellent. do you think? Do you have uh, a song about death? I think I have the young fella's perspective on what Connie is saying about maybe we'll get smarter, but we're not quite there yet. Okay. This song is a, it's a blues song that I wrote about not having the blues because it turns out the worst thing that could come into your life when you're trying to write a blues song would be a woman who treats you right. So uh, this is a song about that. <laughs> okay. It's a happy right hour back. troubadour. Andrew Duhon just taking a little break to go get his guitar. Oh, here it is. It's in a bag. All right. Oh, we've got the nice guitar today. Not the smashed the up nice one. one. Not the one that was smashed up by Southwest Airlines. Pretty of the shop, yeah. Southwest bags fly free, but not necessarily all in one piece. <laughs> this song's called Crosstown Southern Blues Goes Like This. I used to sing low down The hard luck and trouble Across town southern blues But I ain't sang Quite like I used to I used to sing low down The hard luck and trouble Across town southern blues But I ain't sang once Since I met you Baby, you got this all wrong Ain't you supposed to be out there Spending all of my money Or turning your red light on So I can sing a little down The hard luck and trouble Across town, southern blues Cause I ain't sang them once Since I met you Oh, and ain't it a shame now But you got this all wrong Ain't you supposed to be out there Spending all of my money Or turning your red light on So I can sing a little down The hard luck and trouble Across town southern blues Cause I ain't sang Quite like I used to to sing a little down the hard luck and trouble across town southern blues but I ain't sang them once since I met you she's my love and she's my friend I hope it don't take long till she does me wrong so I can sing them blues again so I can sing the little down y'all Hard luck and troubled across town, southern blue. Cause I ain't sang quite like I used to. Oh, and ain't it a shame? I used to sing a little down. Oh, the hard luck and troubled across town, southern blue. Sang them once since I met you. Yeah. 
Thank you, Okay. And we do, huh? That was beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, happy hour troubadour. It's some. It's a skill to be able to say something serious in a sort of lighthearted, witty way like that. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But how serious is that? Really? Oh, it's it's how? it's pretty tragic, isn't it? <laughs> I, I can't figure out why I like loneliness so much. Back me up on this, Todd. Am I right? Uh, loneliness is fun. Once you've been alone for long enough, loneliness becomes your friend. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, what's up, loneliness? That's right. All right. Is it loneliness <laughs> or freedom you're talking about? Both. Oh, yeah, for sure. Each one. It, it, yeah, it's the freedom makes more sense to those who don't try to write songs, but the loneliness is the inspiration for the songs, I think. So what happens? I mean, Connie, you wrote this book about being heartbroken and mm-hmm. more than heartbroken. Mm-hmm. The inspiration was terrible s- sadness. Yeah. And you're talking about being lonely. Both of you talking about loneliness as an inspiration. Is it really true? I mean, what happens when you get happy? Well, all right. Um, my feeling about it is that the, you asked earlier, you know, why, why did I want to write about the collapse of my marriage, which ended, for those of you who haven't read it, because I wanted to have a child, and the man I was married to didn't refuse to go along with that. And this was such a crushing, devastating um, disappointment. The only way to survive beyond that is to make a beautiful work of art from it. I, I, I really think that. And which is like a child. Right, and and much of the much of the book also deals with recovery from Hurricane Katrina and and other other things, and that's really the only answer to extreme sorrow, pain, or lo- loneliness, which has more of a dull ache to it. It's not so excruciating, but to sort sure. of begin to look at the shape of it and treat it like an entity, as you said, a friend, and mm. to say, what does that friend look like? What does mm. that friend do? Um, and um, begin to have a, sort of a, an externalized relationship with it, and and to what lo- does that mean? An externalized relationship to look at it as if it's outside of you, yeah. but it isn't because it's, it's not. It's yeah. not yeah. outside. That's the cool part is that you're right. you're making friends with yourself in effect. Right. But do you have to externalize it to be able to deal with it? Is that what you're saying? Like it's not really a part of me. I think in in order to make art from it, you have to begin to, mm. and that is part of a recovery. That's seeing it objectively. Yeah. So what about the rest of us who can't do that? How do we cope with it? I think everyone can. Everyone, everyone can write. Everyone can. Book. Everyone can make art. Yeah. Anyone can write a song like that and uh, sing like that. Well, sing no. Like <laughs> <laughs> or reading I, a book doesn't hurt either. And reading the book, sure. listening to the song. I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do believe everyone can make. Well, art. do you feel better mm. since you wrote the book? Did it help you? Was it therapeutic? You know, I, I, I absolutely do. But of course, a lot of time has gone by. Also, um, yeah. Did you I, ever have a baby? No. Did your ex-husband ever? Go, oh, he. I guess he didn't. He didn't want to have a baby. Right? No, he doesn't want. But he doesn't is, want did I was correctly. Your, he was a yoga instructor. Yes. That's the problem right there. Where were you? Where were you ten years ago? I needed I blame, some advice. I blame yoga. That's yeah. What I'm saying. <laughs> That's a kind of conversation that you might think people had before they got married. I don't know whether they do or not. Typically, do they? We did. You did. You said, "Let's not." He said, "I don't really want kids," and you thought, "Well, I always say that." Right? No, he changed his mind. Oh, he said he did want to have a child. No, he sort of flip flopped, mm. kind of jerked right. around. Yeah, well, you get the impression when you read this book that the guy doesn't. Yeah, he's see- pulling up outside. Right? <laughs> he doesn't seem like. He's our guest I mean, next you, week on Happy Hour. <laughs> <laughs> you paint him as—I mean, you don't paint him as being all bad. He's not all bad. But you certainly paint him as being a, not a particularly nice person, which I guess is normal if 
you think someone did something terrible to you, you'd paint them as it's your right. book after we can say whatever you want. But right. that's why I thought there was a bit of poetic license in this. But now you're saying there's not. It's all true. Mm-hmm. How does he feel about that? Well, I mean, it's all true. And it's all definitely my subjective experience. So, mm-hmm. And there are many versions of, of any one so-called true story. Um, it's it's my experience and my, my truth. And yeah, but what does which, he think about it? I don't know. I haven't heard from him. Really? Mm-hmm. So I've got his phone number. Mm-hmm. I'll call Actually, let's too. bring him out right now. <laughs> <laughs> so really, you didn't get any feedback from him or his mm-hmm. friend of a friend of a friend tell you mm-hmm. why he's pissed off not or a, he thinks it's great a, or he never called you? <laughs> Nothing. He didn't sue you at least to try and put an injunction against Typical the yoga instructor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you feel about everyone? Not, I mean, you could have written anything. You're a creative uh-huh. person and you've written tons of other stuff and right. you're writing another book now. Right. What made you feel like you had to write your own life story down like this? Um, well, it's, I actually started writing it um, a few months before Hurricane Katrina, and I um, it sort of came together during a time when I was changing my focus as as a writer. I'd been a journalist for m- many years, writing for newspapers and magazines, and I knew I wanted to write a book length, something book length, but I didn't know what my subject would would, would be, and I. Um, followed the advice of a teacher of mine who had said, you know, when you're not sure what to write about, write about what you see right in front of you. And I was literally walking around the bayou, which I do all all the time with my dog, and looking at the mud at my feet and asking myself, what do I want to write about? What do I want to write about? And and the answer was right there in, in the mud. And it just came in a flash that I would write something that is based on this bayou. And I would just walk it and write about what I experience as a frequent walker of this space and and that that act of walking and writing and observing and writing is a way of holding it together essentially holding the community together holding the bayou together holding myself together making some something beautiful and artful from what I from what I see out there and so um so it that's a natural starting place is my own experience and then then the hurricane happened, and a lot of other things happened. And my so you start off this little movie starts with a mention of the hurricane, right? You said and the hurricane. The first part of the film was filmed during Hurricane Isaac on the Bayou. Oh, thank right. God for Hurricane Isaac! <laughs> I, Ivan took some. He switched things around in the pr- progression of events okay. in his film. That's not. Oh, so the did bo- I just call you Ivan? You did no, that actually. I meant to call. Oh, well, Ivan's in the movie. <laughs> Ivan yeah. is a friend of ours. Who's oh, in the okay. movie. Jackson. So did the hurricane propel you toward the destiny that you always saw for yourself, as you say in the beginning of this? Uh, the, the the hurricane made it very imperative for me to write the write the book. That really it wasn't what forced you to decide you had to have a baby. I think it did. I think life was suddenly. Yeah, I think you know, it did the balance for accelerate that. Yes, right. it, it made me feel like I have well, to do something how, about this. How do you feel now that you still haven't had a baby seven eight years later? Well, it's. Um, does it matter? It's, it, yeah, it does. It's, it's a do sore point. That? I don't know. I don't know. What are the choices? Um, well, there are adoption, all yeah. kinds of choices like that. Have mm-hmm. you, are you considering that? Yes. And what do you think that will do to you if you adopt a baby? What do I think it will yeah, do to me? Yeah, how will it change me? your life? How will it make you fulfill? Well, I think it would um, make me very happy to have a child to love and to raise and to have in my life and watch that child grow older and mm. learn and do all sorts of things. That's what, you know. Yeah. And when are you going to do it? Like, I mean, what's it doing? Because you can't go to Russia anymore, right? That's off. No. For some reason, Putin decided Thanks that we... Obama. That we shouldn't... Mm-hmm. No, that was Putin. <laughs> <laughs> what? So where would you go to get one? Would um, there be a, like, is there a shopping list type 
No, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's a crapshoot when you have a baby what it's going to turn out like. Right. I guess when you adopt one, it's the same thing. I think so. You just take a chance on. Yeah. On of a kid. Who, whoever right. is out there and trust. So when are you? When are you going to? D- I mean, how do you make that decision? How do yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, how do you reach that decision that you're going to do it by yourself? Are you by yourself? Or no, you I couple? have a partner. You have a partner. Mm-hmm. So he's he's up for a tea. Oh yeah. And he's up for it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Well, that's a whole different thing. Then. Yeah. So oh, you're yeah. doing it with somebody. Yes. Makes it a yes. bit more of a... M- much easier. Easier, I yeah. would think. Yeah. Why don't you adopt one of these guys? Andrew or Todd. We, they're, I, they're both lonely. We could use some rear <laughs> I think yeah. they. I think they have parents, don't they? You have parents already. Yeah, Here's Bip is back. Hi, Bip. Come on. I forgot uh, you were here. Todd just got out of jail, so you have to forgive <laughs> I like cooking dinner with people. You do? That's a nice shared experience. And, and not nice as much shared. of a commitment as a baby, which oh, exactly. is, you know, 20 years or something. Then it's all over. Until you know, he brings it, the vegetable. I'll tell you what. It might be kind of a nice thing in the meantime to have just a musician over every now and again, cook him some dinner, <laughs> and kind of tell him some life lessons, you know? Teach him a thing or yeah, two. Yeah, because you live close by. You live in Mid-City, Yeah, I'm right? here. Yeah. You know? Just give me a call whenever, you know. It's not a bad idea. It would be like a sort of um, a starter kid. Yeah. <laughs> just for like overnight. I could use some lessons you know, learned. You I, know, you know I... I have a dog already. Uh. <laughs> That's another country song. <laughs> hey, listen, Pigpen. <laughs> what about a song from Pigpen? Let's do it. Yeah. Come on, then. What are you going to play, Todd? Well, we were going to play one of another song, but since the subject is, is uh, on, let's do uh, My Time to Cry. There you go. This is a song we wrote about uh, uh, traveling around again and... Uh, uh, I've loved people in my life that had kind of faded away, and this is a song. It's called uh, "It's My Time to Cry," and uh, I guess you make people cry out of joy and happiness. But I guess this song is about. I guess it's my time to cry this time. So. Okay. Sad crying. Todd Day waits. Pig pen. I'll never get a chance to make you cry. chance to tend no life Right now it's all just a sinking in I'll never have a chance again I'll never have a chance again They say that's where your next train begins. I know we've had a long, long ride. This time it's our last goodbye. I'll never get a chance to make you. Get a chance to tell no lie. Right now, it's all just a sinking in. I'll never have a chance again. I'll never have a chance again. 
This is where our train ends They say That's where your next train begins I know we've had a long, long ride This time it's all Let's goodbye This is my time to cry Right now it's all just a Oh, you boys did me proud. Good job. Yeah. Fair enough. Good job for my first booking ever. Not bad. Guest on Happy Hour in two years. Todd Day Waits, Pig Pan. What a strange sort of a theme it's been here today about departures and goodbyes. And right now it's all just sinking in. If you like that show, like the material, you can see us this Saturday at Le Bon Ton. You're all over town. We're playing here up? from uh, 11 to 3 o'clock in the morning. If you haven't heard of that club, it's, it's one of the... Uh most interesting bars in Uptown area. Yeah, it's it's on the 4800 block of Magazine Street. It's called Le Bon Ton Roulet. Thanks, Ben. We'll make oh, yeah. you cry in, Davis. <laughs> that was a good, interesting song, too. That's, uh, is that based on a real story that you suddenly realized that you said goodbye to somebody who you didn't yes. want to for once? Yes. And what happened to That's sort of the end of the sort of we come full circle here, then, because yes. it's not so good. Sometimes it's your turn to turn to cry, mm. and sometimes you know that... Uh, You'll never get a chance to get. Sometimes it's over. That's a great uh, yeah. lyric. Yeah. Right now, it's all just sinking in. That's a terrible yeah. feeling, isn't it, when you realize it is. how you <laughs> fucked up? <laughs> Andrew, you use a mic off or something? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> is it? Okay. What do you think of that? I don't know. Am I on? I don't know. What's yeah. that with, with Andrew's mic? Yeah, yeah. I'm on. Anyway. Here we go. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's interesting because I think when you're uh, traveling a lot 
and you put that in your in your your mind, you kind of you're probably not the one to fall first. So when someone falls for you, you're kind of in control and you're leaving and you knew you were going to leave. But you know, when you do eventually fall for someone and they become in control, it kind of puts you in that in that place of of uh of uh where your heart, you know, uh is is less less in control and uh and you 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 start to rely on that a little bit more and it's a tough place to be and you kind of feel sorry for everyone you ever hurt you know (laughs) does it make you less likely to open up and be vulnerable and love people in the future no no i think you're always open to people just you gotta i don't know just i'm so glad you're not asking me these personal questions (laughs) jackson you're you're happily married and everything right yeah, long time. Yeah, and your daughter's grown and lives in Brooklyn, I believe. Yeah, she's an artist up there. Yeah, so nice. you've got it all figured out. Uh, yeah. Well, well before we leave. My daughter yeah. and I have a, have a saying. It's called ITA, In Trouble Again. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so. Well, maybe you a lot can of good help songs us. coming over here. Tonight. Yeah, yeah, you're writing yeah. all these titles down. Jackson, we've got to get out of here in a second, but before we do, maybe we should use this last minute wisely, and perhaps you could tell us what is the secret to staying happily married for how many years has it been? Uh compromise mm-hmm. assume a compromised position at every opportunity no 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 i mean i'll, I'll uh, tell the truth I'm, here be serious for well, one second well i'm it's true love uh-huh. it's named my dog and it's it's what linda and i have <laughs> how yeah. long has the dog been alive for eight years eight years dogs yep. don't live she's in the long. movie too yeah dogs and, in the so, and so is uh, connie's dog lance yeah lance and true love are both in the movie mm-hmm. okay so you've you know you've told us that that's the secret then so that's what we have to look out for true love and how do you know when you found it oh it kicks you in the head i mean i, I think you know so suppose you found it and you then you get on your you know vegetable powered shuttle bus and drive off and it's all just sinking in i'll never have the chance again it's called heartbreak. what would you do turn around and go back yeah. <laughs> you were. Yeah, if that's true love. You'd, Todd. you'd be an idiot not to. <laughs> that's right. I've been an idiot several times. <laughs> Are you happy, Todd? I am happy. I think it's uh I like the adventure and challenges, so I don't know what I would be doing if I if I didn't do this, I don't know what I'd be doing. I really have no idea. Well, as long as you're happy, that's what it's all about. Whether you're happy being married for X number of years because you're compromised or you're happy because you turn your back on someone and drive away, it's still happiness. It's I think what I'm, makes you happy. I'm happy because I uh, buck up and take the challenge and the adventure. Like That's what I like and want, so I'm happy that I take that. Right. And in doing that, you have the ups and downs. And on that note, we're going to have to probably turn everything off and go home. Back to our sort ordinary, I'm ecstatic <laughs> that the show's over. We're going to have to go back to our ordinary dull lives. That's it. It's just nothing left for us now. Yeah. Until next week. Until next mm-hmm. week, exactly. So where can we see you as Constance? We can look out for your work. Um, you where can, can we see find my book yours? in numerous local bookstores, such as Octavia Books, Garden District Books. And we can Maples download it on our Kindle and, and so can, on. You can get it on a Kindle through Amazon okay. and lots of other places, okay. too. Jackson, where do we see your stuff? We have a link to your stuff on our yeah, website. Yeah, uh, so southernlights.com. Southernlights.com. Easy to find. Yep. Todd Daywaite's Pigpen plays all around New Orleans. You can find them. And Website on and tdwpigpen.com. All right, thank you. New album and show's coming up. Okay, look for there. And, of course, Andrew Duhon is everywhere and is here for a while. Well, hopefully we'll see you back here next week or will sure. you be somewhere more exciting? I think I'm here. Excellent, yeah. okay. That's our show for today. That's Happy Hour. Our show was produced by Graham DuPonte, Melinda Hawes, Trish Kaufman, Anoush Karun, and Elizabeth Fahey, our associate producer and technical director. 
was Chris Kehoe. Our musical director is Christian Unruh, although he did let me book you guys today, so thank you, Christian, for that. Our web designer and link to the real world is Dr. Cliff Brigden. Mitch Foreman wrote our theme song, which you should be hearing about now. If you'd like to be on the show and you can stay upright for about an hour here at Casa Borrega, drop us a line. Our address is on our website. You can check out our other happy hours on our website as well. As long as there are other shows, Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace, Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic, True to the Gang with Chris True and Tammy Nelson, Win Win, our show about the New Orleans Vietnamese community with Steve Win Chi Win, and Kim Vu and Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canardi. You can also keep up with us by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter, and you can sign up for our mailing list at our website as well. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher, thank you for subscribing to us. Take a moment to rate and review us. That will help other people find us. Our show is recorded live at the fabulous Casa Borrega. Isn't this place awesome, you guys? It's about to open very, very soon. Can't wait. It's an amazing place. It's a bar, it's a restaurant, and it's a live music venue. It's also on Facebook. You can do something nice for the organization here, for Hugo Montero, who's the owner, and Linda, his wife, and uh, go to Facebook and like Casa Borrega. It's spelled just like it's pronounced. Which is, how would you spell that? C-A-S-A-B-O-R-R-E-G-A. On Facebook and on Twitter as well. Uh, this, it's right here on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard and Fel- on, at Felicity Street if you're in New Orleans. Happy Hours, a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Andrew Duhon, Mitch Foreman on piano, everyone around here at the table and back at our INO office, I'm Grant Morris. Thanks for joining us on Happy Hour. We'll see you next week.